And now, coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee, this is The Drop Set with your host, Darren Starr. Good morning, everybody. How is everybody doing? It is good to be back. Did you miss me? No? No? Not so much? Okay, well, I missed you. Even if you didn't miss me, you ungrateful ingrates. That is okay. I can take it. My ego can take it. It's a little bruised, but I'm okay. I will survive. It's uh, it's just fine. So uh, it's good to be back. It was nice to take a little break there. Um, had a lot of stuff going on. Had very ambitious plans for what to do on my uh, my uh, short hiatus, <laughs> week long hiatus from podcasting. We missed uh, an episode this last Monday and then the previous Friday. That was it. So I haven't talked to you guys since the Monday before that. Um, so I had very ambitious plans, but the the thing is, you know, a podcast only takes so much time to plan and record, so um, I didn't really get a whole lot done. I got some stuff done, but we'll get to that later. Um, we got a couple of topics to um, come at today. The one thing that I want to talk about a little bit later is just a general discussion on positivity and mindset and the impacts of that in bodybuilding and how important and crucial it really is. Spoiler alert, very. Um, and then uh, we'll do a, a quick personal update, but I wanted to start off with uh, a different topic, which is something that I found as I was reading through um, some news last night. And uh, so this is one of those things where on my phone, um, it's a, a Google Pixel phone. And so I swipe left from the main screen and it's like, here's your Google like launch pad or something. I don't know what the hell they might call it, but uh, it's like, you know, news. And then you can tailor it to, to fit your uh, fit your likes and your dislikes. You can say, show me more of this, show me less of this. And it's just randomly curating some things that it thinks that you're going to be interested in. One thing about it is uh, I'm in Knoxville. It knows that. So it will automatically pull articles from like the Knoxville News Sentinel, um, things like that. And some of those I'm like, yeah, I don't know so much about that. I don't, you know, it doesn't really, you know, I don't really care. I don't want to say don't show me that just because I do want to see some local stuff in there. But um, and it, it's uh, it comes up so that every article it has like a uh, a category up at the top. So it knows that I'm a big uh, I, I like Marvel movies, and so it uh, one of the categories is Marvel Cinematic Universe here, and it says you know somebody turned down Black Widow after Marvel told her don't worry about action scenes. This is from IndieWire. So I get all kinds of crap like that showing up, and I'm like yeah I don't care about that, but I want to I want to stay abreast of what's going on in the Marvel universe. So sure, and then there's like you know why. Walking Dead, Amazon Prime, Generation Iron shows up here, um, blah, 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 more stuff, more stuff. And then uh, always, because of where I am, University of Tennessee Volunteers Football. I'm like, do not show, do not care about that. So there is an option here where I can click on the three dots next to it and says, not interested in University of Tennessee Volunteers, University of Tennessee Volunteers Football, because I am not. I might be the only person in Knoxville that is not, but I do not give a shit. That applies for everything about the SEC. It applies mostly for college football in general. I do kind of want to I pay attention a little bit to what's going on in the Pac-12, just because that's where I'm from, but I do do not care about Knoxville at all. And so then it's like, okay, cool. So it's not going to show me any more of that about that. And then it'll come up in the, uh, the topic is whatever the name of the coach is. I, I don't even know who it is. It's not Butch Jones anymore. He got fired. So whoever the new guy is, whatever. Um, I'm like, nope, not interested in him either. And then the, there'll be an article that comes up a day later and it'll be like whoever the quarterback is as the, and nope, not interested in him about it. And then it's like, well, here's one about the offensive coordinator. I'm like, get it through your thick ass skull, Google. I do not give a shit about UT football. 
<laughs> and there because it, it will always find some other category to shift an article to where it's like, well, clearly you must care about it in some way. So let's let's talk about uh, you know the stadium instead. I'm like, well, I might read that actually. If if, if it's about architecture, I might read that. So anyway. This article came up um, in my my Google News alert feeds or whatever, and uh, it was interesting. I read through it. And I'm like, this is worth discussing because it's kind of fascinating. So, um, it is the the GoMad diet, um, which is different from the GoNad diet. And realistically, I don't know what that is, and I don't think I want to know what that is. But the GoMad with an M, M is in Mary, GoMad diet, gallon of milk a day. Um, so you may have heard of this before, um, maybe not with an, an acronym based name attached to it. Um, but people, you know, drinking like, okay, well, you know, drink, drink milk, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, it's high in calories. It's, you know, it's got good stuff in it. You know, the dairy industry is loving this, I'm sure. Um, but I was reading through this and, uh, the, the particulars are, kind of kind of iffy there's some science in here that's a little concerning and then there are some stories that are just hilarious like just beyond dumb and so i thought it was uh, it was kind of interesting here so um the idea is you know it's a gallon of milk so it's 128 ounces a day and then ideally you know also um you are going to be um probably i would say most likely eating other stuff on top of that although that's that's one of the big picture concerns that are raised here by um, a nutritionist, and we'll get to that momentarily here. So, uh, and here, here is where they kind of lost me. So, it's supposed to be whole milk. And I can tell you, I have had about, in my entire life, I think about, oh, I'm going to say probably about five ounces of whole milk in my entire life. Um, because... Uh, it's well, it, it's disgusting and I, I can't stomach it. It's like nasty, gross, gross, gross. Um, and, and just thinking about drinking it straight from the gallon, an entire gallon a day. Wow. Yeah. So, um, let's look at the macros involved here, first of all. So if you do that, you're getting in uh, about 2,350 calories a day from milk. So clearly, for most people, that is not necessarily enough. I mean, for, mo for most guys, that in and of itself isn't necessarily going to have you put on weight. So um, it, it's uh, 126 grams of protein, 127 grams of fat, 177 grams of carbs. And those are high-sugar carbs. It's worth my worth. Uh, considering as well, you're getting about 200 grams of sugar from that. Well, that's what my fitness pal says. That is uh, garbage because uh, you can't have more total sugars than you have total carbohydrates. But point being, the percentage is high. The percentage of sugars from carbs is very high on that. Um, so calorically, it's like, okay, well, and you know, the, the macro ratios are off. The total calories, I mean, that's not bad, 2,340. But if you're adding that on top of meals, which is, you know, what they they advocate for in this diet, like you're eating, you're eating, but then you're supplementing all the food you're taking in with this. So if you are hard-pressed to gain weight, you you can gain weight doing this. But uh, as we'll, we'll hear here um, shortly, gaining weight shouldn't necessarily be the goal. <laughs> so, uh, because weight means, you know, if you're, if you're adding just, uh, what's the word? If you are just indiscriminately adding 2,300 calories a day on top of your diet, you're mostly putting on fat. 
at that point. That is not productive. If you've got a, a solid diet constructed beforehand and you're trying to throw this on top of that, no. And if you don't have a solid diet constructed, then why are you doing this on top of that? Fix your diet first, and then we can start to incorporate You know, maybe some of this. A gallon is ridiculous. A glass here and there, eh, okay, maybe. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily be against that. Um, again, if you are dairy sensitive at all, no, just don't for the sake of everybody around you, don't do it. And consider, you know, the, the people around you would also be the people in your gym. And if there's somebody who is dairy sensitive in, in my gym, who is following this diet, I tell you what, I'm probably going to punch you in the face if I can stand enough to get close to, close to you to do that. Uh, ugh. now that everybody's grossed out, some of the science behind this, some of the concerns, these were, uh, they got a uh, nutritionist from Connecticut, Summer Yule, um, to uh, offer a couple comments on this. So there is, uh, a, a re research has shown, and you know clearly as you've uh, heard me say before, research can show you pretty much anything that you want it to. But one thing it has shown is an association between um, dairy intake and calcium, calcium intake with prostate cancer. So that being said, I think, you know, dairy is fine and I wouldn't necessarily worry about it and worry about calcium intake and worry about prostate cancer and the correlation between those based on this study. But if you're going to throw that much dairy into your standard daily routine, I might start to think about it and at least make that a considering factor that enters into your head. Um, Another thing that uh, the nutritionist said is, uh, and I'll just quote this from the article, if you're drinking this much milk, you're likely going to be too full to eat and drink other foods, so you'll miss out on essential nutrients like vitamin C, iron, niacin, and vitamin E. True, but the basic tenet of this diet is that you're eating other stuff on top of it. I think that most of the people that are going to be um, going to find the appeal in a diet like this probably have crappy diets set up beforehand, so you're probably going to be deficient on a lot of micronutrients anyway, even if you are eating other foods and you're not too full to eat other stuff on top of this go-mad um, it just feels wrong to say that. It's just like, no, it's not sitting well coming out of my mouth. I don't like that. Um, so the, the other thing is, um, uh, and, and I'll, I'll again quote from the article, drinking that much milk puts a person at over twice the tolerable upper intake level of calcium for adults, according to the RDA. Um, so tolerable upper intake level. So you, you're familiar with the RDA, the recommended daily allowance, like this is how much you should get. Um, and then above that, there's um, adequate intake, um, which is a, a, a notch. It's, it's kind of a, a side category. So when you statistically can't uh, infer or calculate an RDA, they might say, well, you know, this much of it uh, proven with, with less stable science is, is considered adequate. And then you've got your tolerable um, upper intake level. And then above that, um, your uh, well, not above that, but then uh, another thing is the estimated average requirement. So all these uh, terms are defined um, by the uh, who is this? Is this the USDA? I think that uh, defines these. That would have been a, a smart thing to look up. Um, this article actually doesn't say who determines these. Um, well, there you go. Um, tolerable upper intake levels. So this is like the most that you can have without experiencing negative effects. And we are at double that um, for for uh, calcium, which, eh, you know what? And uh, so that, you know, there, there's a lot of health risks associated with that. So just think, you know, calcium is something that a lot of people are deficient in. 
when you turn it around and you go nuts with it, it's not necessarily a good thing. It's like when people are vitamin D deficient and so they get like a prescription strength vitamin D supplement that's 50,000 international units and they take it daily as opposed to like the every two weeks that they're recommended to take it. Like, no, you can become vitamin D toxic. That's a fat-soluble vitamin. The levels of that do build up in your system, unlike something like vitamin C, which is cleared out much more uh, quickly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there, there's issues with going overboard on on any micronutrient um or macronutrient or electrolyte you know i mean electrolytes especially because if you go crazy overboard of those you will die um but the the risks here i mean you know constipation being one of the big ones of having excess calcium it's hard to get excess calcium for a normal person but if you're following a protocol like this suddenly becomes a lot easier if not almost automatic and baked into the cake so um and then the article has a few case studies here as well. And I did tweet this out as well. So if you're following me on Twitter, um, uh, at Darren Starr on Twitter, um, this was, uh, I tweeted this out last night as I was laying in bed, so you can find it that way. Um, so it's got some case studies here, case studies. I mean, they're, they're stories of people that have done this. They're not like scientific case studies. So this uh, first guy in the Northeast, he did this for seven months, said, I was in the Army. I was more focused on run time, so I stayed light, scrawny build. Um, and then, uh, after leaving the army, uh, this person said he was never going to run again and want to get into powerlifting. So, um, uh, and he, he confesses here, he's terrible at moderation, which is clear. And I would say that is a skill that I would have this guy develop. So if he, if he were to come to me and, uh, say, Hey, will you coach me? I'd say, Hey, sure. You know, let's, let's talk. And I'd say, here's my approach. And he, he would never start just because, uh, we, we, we don't, <laughs> He, he would not listen. He doesn't do anything in moderation. Um, he's like the worst scenario client for me to deal with. And I would probably, uh, you know, if he did decide that he wanted to try it, I would probably end up firing him before he quit just because he wouldn't listen. And uh, it's a square peg, round hole kind of kind of situation there. So, um, so buying seven gallons of whole milk every week, throw them in the fridge, and then, you know, he said it got easy. And I don't doubt that if you do this regularly – while it might be gross and difficult at first, it, it will get easier over time. Most things do. You know, waterboarding probably gets easier over time, I would imagine, as well. I don't plan on finding out, but if you do anything for long enough, you can get used to it. You can get accustomed to it. That does not necessarily mean it's a good thing that you should be doing. Um, so he started uh, <laughs> uh, started in February, whenever this was, at 160 pounds. Um, felt pretty gross for the first week. That's a good sign that... Maybe, you know, I mean, uh, good sign that maybe it's not a good thing. Um, and then just got used to it. Great. Working out five days a week. Uh, <laughs> and Mr. Science then kicks in here and he says, when you gain weight, you gain muscle and fat. I was putting on roughly 11 pounds a month and conventional guidance is if you gain a pound a month, most of it will be muscle. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't, I don't think that is necessarily conventional guidance at all. Um, there's a lot of variables involved there. And so in seven months, um, Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, math professor here says he put on 80 pounds, roughly 21 pounds of muscle. I'm not sure how he's arriving at that equation at all. So, uh, but I would, I would take issue with that. Certainly you're going to put on some muscle, but if you're putting on 60 pounds of fat, is that worth it? Uh, I, I don't think it is. I don't. I mean, I, I'm just thinking like if I, if from where I was, if I put on 80 pounds, how would I feel? If I put on 15 pounds, I feel like dog shit. 80 pounds, holy crap. 
Uh, no. And I mean, starting out scrawny, okay, yeah, I get it. You want to put on some weight, but man, the health risks associated with this and putting on 80 pounds in, in seven months, good Lord. Um, no, no, sir. No, sir. That's bad news. Bad news. Uh, he said, if I'd taken a normal approach, I would have only gained seven pounds. <laughs> I got triple the gains at the expense of becoming obese, which was worth it for me. So again, not a guy that I would work with. Uh, I think we, we see things a little bit differently there. So uh, again, if you're a power lifter and you don't care about being obese, eh, you know, who am I to judge? But um, it is, uh, it, it is really, really, really destructive for your health, really bad. And so, uh, he said he was going to keep going, but then, uh, one day he went on a hike and thought he was going to die super out of shape again. Yeah. Duh. Um, and then realized he needed to lose some weight. So, uh, then he, uh, he went on a steroid cycle, um, and then went to a zero carb approach, chicken breast, spinach, and hot sauce, um, lost 50 pounds. <laughs> so, Again, extremes only, not productive, not productive. In doing that, you'll be losing muscle as well. You've got zero carbs in your system. I mean, it's just not a good general way to do much of anything. So um, it, not not to mention, it just sounds really unpleasant, disgusting, and uh, not worth it. I mean, I consider myself to be fairly hardcore, but there are some things that I'm willing to do and some things that I'm not willing to do. So, and, and you know, this, I mean, first of all, just, you know, drinking three to four ounces of whole milk is enough to make me gag. And uh, I, I once told somebody that anything that's uh, labeled as an acquired taste, I'm going to say, yeah, uh, probably not worth it. <laughs> uh, if I need to acquire the taste, you know, I would rather eat things for the taste, the, the eat things that the taste of which I've already acquired. Um, maybe I was born with it. Um, you know, I, I put beer in that category. So I do like a wheat beer. Um, it's, it's mild, but like, uh, an IPA, a dark beer, a stout, I'm like, gross. No. Well, it's an acquired taste. You get used to it. I'm like, sure. Bugs probably are too, but I'm not going to start with that. So no, thanks. No, thanks. I'll stick with what's comfortable. Um, and then this is where some astute listener is going to say, Darren, you've always said that good things happen outside of your comfort zone. You screw you. Don't throw that back in my face. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, I don't need you to try and help me expand my horizons. I'm very comfortable in my little bubble where I am. So I won't read the whole article to you. There's a few more case studies in there. It's uh, it's worth a quick read, so I would recommend it. So um, it's once again, it's in my Twitter feed. This comes from melmagazine.com. I should probably look that up and say, what is Mel Magazine? It's some, I don't I don't know. I don't know if I want to look too much into this. This is, uh, it looks like a pretty much a clickbait website. So, um, anyway, there you go. So, uh, that's what we got there. So, um, let's take a, a quick little break. Well, what do you think? Do we do a break now? Um, I want to do a little personal recap on, on the time away. Let's do that first and then we'll take our quick little break and we'll, we'll go into part two of the discussion here. So, um, while I was gone, <laughs> Uh, a few things happened. So I posted about some of this stuff on social media. I've been a little quieter on social media of late, still posting daily, but um, just uh, not, uh, I, I feel like I was kind of overdoing it for a little while there and it was a lot of time and effort to keep up on it. So I'm re-strategizing and I have a, a, a content calendar that kind of keeps me on task for the week and uh, 
it kind of helps guide me about the categories of things that I'm going to post about on what days, etc. So I've scaled that back a little bit. Um, rather than trying to post like three things a day everywhere, it's just it's a lot of stuff. Um, I'm kind of crowding myself out. A lot of things don't get much response just because there's you know too much content coming in. People, you know, in that case, they tend to skim over it. And I think. Um, one other thing is I think when you post that much, it kind of devalues what you do post. I've seen people um, online that will post like five, six, seven, eight things a day, and I just skip over them. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I just saw this. I just saw this. You just kind of tune it out. It becomes more like white noise than anything else. So I don't want that to happen. So I'm scaling things down a little bit deliberately, not out of laziness, but just deliberately to try and do a little bit of a shift in strategy here. Um Still putting out some content. I did throw up an article on the website yesterday. So if you go to fivestarphysique.com, click on blog um, on uh, keys to a successful offseason um, or, or growth phase. Call it what you like. Um, I called it offseason for the benefit of the article there. Um, which, it, it, you know, I've gotten some good response on that. And this is built out of, you know, a lot of time spent, a lot of experience working with people and guiding them through off seasons and understanding how people struggle. Um, oftentimes, one of the biggest things that they struggle with is even doing an off season. They don't. They're either, you know, they're pre-contest or they're just off and they're not really doing anything. Maybe they work out a couple times a week. Maybe they, you know, spend a week trying to follow a diet, but otherwise they're just, you know, basically living a normal person life, which is a great way to come in uh, to your second show looking exactly as you did at the first or your third looking exactly as you did in the second. So you're not going to progress and improve um, if you don't have an off season. That's where improvements happen. That's why some people will call it also improvement season. Again, how many names does this damn phase need? I don't know. I'm calling it an off season and that's the end of the discussion. That's the last I'm going to say about it. So that article went up yesterday. I've got more in the hopper as well. There should be one going up this weekend as well. So stay tuned for that. You know, just do me a favor. Go to fivestarphysique.com and just bookmark it and, and make that a, a daily stop for you. Um, just because there will be stuff up there. The blog posts, I, I put up one to two of those a week, but then also... Um, uh, videos that I put up, I will incorporate those into blog posts. So if you're not subscribed to me on YouTube, um, then you can still see them there. Um, I, I put them up on the website just to make sure that they're in multiple places. So, um, what else happened? Um, it, it's been really super cold. And for most of my cardio, um, these days, because I wake up and my poor dog, Taz, he, he's, he, he gives me the saddest eyes, like I'll be sitting here during the day and he'll look at me and, you know, just out of nowhere, I'll just look off to the side and he's there. He's sitting on the floor. He's looking at me doing nothing, just sitting there staring I'm like, OK, I know I'm a bad dog dad. I get it. I'm a bad dog dad. So um, for the past couple of weeks since, you know, my my cardio intensity is not as important as just the fact that I'm doing it. You know, coach has advocated that I actually scale back my cardio intensity a little bit. Awesome. Cool with that. No issues. I've been taking him for walks in the morning. So first thing out of bed, I throw on the sweats. I throw on my jacket. And as soon as he sees that happen, he just loses his shit completely. And he starts going in circles because he knows what's coming. Um, and uh, it's been super cold. Super, super, super effing cold. Um, 20 degrees, which I know some of you in the Northeast or up in Canada, <laughs> like you pussy, yeah, grow a pair. I'm like, Hey, I'm in Tennessee. This is technically the South. 20 degrees is really cold. Um, so step off brother or sister. Um, let me enjoy my, um, hyperbole here for just a second. It's so cold. How cold is, I don't, I don't know. 
it's cold, okay? 20 degrees is freezing for me. I mean, well, literally it is freezing, but also it just feels like about the coldest thing I can imagine. Um, and I don't know if anybody is listening to like Alaska or northern Canada. They're, they're probably just tuning out right now. Like this guy has no credibility. He's an idiot. I can't listen to him anymore. Fair enough. I, I, I cannot argue with you at all. You're probably entirely correct. But for a guy living in Knoxville, Tennessee, 20 degrees is cold. This morning, it was 40. I felt like going out in shorts and sandals. I'm like, hot damn, this is great. No, I'm just kidding. I still had shoes, sweats, a coat, pulled the hood up over. Um, so we've been doing that. It's about a 25-minute walk. My Fitbit registers that uh, you know I usually get about... 2,000 to 2,500 steps. It also gives me credit for about 15 flights of stairs because the neighborhood is pretty hilly. Um, so uh, that's a bonus. Um, gets the heart rate up a little bit. It satisfies for cardio. Um, and then the, the only issue there is I come back and it takes about 45 minutes before I can feel my face and my nose stops running after that. Like right now, it's, uh, it's 9.17 a.m. as I record this. I got back in at about 7. I'm still a little chilly. I'm still a little chilly sitting here in my at my desk. So, um, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's rough. It's rough. I know. Poor Darren. Oh man. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it, it's all relative. So I'm forcing myself out of my comfort zone there. Not with the whole milk thing, but I'm forcing myself out of my comfort zone here for the benefit of my little pooch down here. So um, he's sweet. He's laying down on the floor beside me right now. Oh, do you know I'm talking about you? He's looking up at me. Yep. It's okay, bud. Um, so that's been new. Um, I've been car shopping. I think I alluded to this before as well. So I just feel like it, it was time. So I, I currently drive a 2013 Ford F-150 truck. Um, and for, for those of you that are not car aficionados, don't worry. I'm not either. So I'm not getting super deep in the weeds on this here. Um, I, I got this because I, uh, I wanted something that was, you know, relatively nice. I, it, it's my first time actually buying a used vehicle. I got it two years ago, um, which would have been what, 2016. So it was already about three years old, had good miles on it. Um, everything checked out. It had one owner previously. Um, and it was loaded. Every single feature you could possibly imagine that they offered in that model, it had, including a six and a half foot bed. And at the time I was thinking, well, you know what, this is going to be really nice. I got a lot of construction projects going on. You know, I mean, not that I'm a contractor or anything like that. I think you know what I do, um, but hobby type stuff. Like I'm doing a lot of building, so you know this this, this will work really well for hauling stuff around. Um, and yeah, that, that was my, that was the impetus for it. So um, I had previously before that I had a Nissan Frontier, which you know was a it's a smaller size truck. Um, the the bed was you know. It had a tailgate extender uh, or a bed extender that would fold out onto the tailgate so I could haul reasonably sized stuff around. But I'm like, man, if I ever have to haul a 12-footer around or something like that, uh, I'm not sure how I'm going to do that. And also, it had the uh, the half rear door as well. So in order to get to the back seat, you had to open up the front. And you know how I am with my OCD. I get these pet peeves, and then they just kind of get under your skin, and it just drives you insane. I was so sick of having to open the front door Anytime I wanted to get into the back door, eventually that was enough where I'm like, I got to trade this damn thing in. I can't handle it anymore. I'm over it. Uh, and so I just decided to step it up to a full size, got the F-150. It's been fun. But again, you know how I am with pet peeves. What's my pet peeve now? Well, a couple things. First of all, it gets 15 miles per gallon. Even my Frontier got like 19, which for a truck is decent, but still not great. Um, so I'm like 15 miles per gallon. Um, I haven't put anything in the bed of that truck probably in about six months. Frankly, I'm just too busy to do much construction work. Um, 
And so I, I rationalized it and I said, you know, for the amount of projects that I'm working on, and even if I start doing them again, which I will, and I've got a couple that are in the in the hopper right now that I'm thinking about and in the planning stages for, um, and I may actually pick up materials for um, for those projects while I still have this truck. Um, for the amount of, of project work and hauling that I'm doing, I could very easily just go and rent a truck at Home Depot for an hour or two, um, two to three times a year when I actually need to haul stuff around for a project and then not make a giant payment on this truck and not get 15 miles per gallon and not be able to park it in the garage because it's too big to fit, um, which is true. I pull all the way forward and the, um, you know, granted there's a little bit of stuff in the garage, but I'm not going to move. I mean, it's, it's pretty clean. I mean, my garage is pretty, pretty well organized and everything's got its nice little neat place to go into. I would have to really rearrange some stuff in order to be able to fit it in there just because it's too long because of that six and a half foot bed. So, um, but the big thing that's really gotten under my skin is the technology in this thing. It's got a touch screen, which you touch it and it takes like literally a full two seconds for the screen to respond. It actually responds slower when it's cold, which is annoying. Um, and then the the Bluetooth connectivity is so bad. And I listen to most of the audio that I listen to is is Bluetooth connectivity. Whether I'm doing um, uh, serious XM stuff, but it's on demand, th- so it's through the app on my phone, um, or uh, podcasts or Spotify. That's mostly how I listen to stuff these days. And the Bluetooth connectivity is so bad. Half the time it just fails to connect. And it tries, it tries, it tries, and eventually it gives up, and then it defaults to an AM radio station that's just static, and I can't change that. And it's just blaring static in the truck, and it scares the shit out of me when it fails to connect, um, which is bad. Um, Calls will come in, I hit accept, and um, oftentimes there's silence, and then I can hear it coming through the speaker on my phone. I'm like, why did it decide to just stop working all of a sudden? And sometimes I will say, you know, it's a spam call or whatever, decline, I don't want that. And then um, it defaults to some uh, audio source that I've never selected, and the touchscreen becomes unresponsive until I turn the truck off and start it back up, <laughs> which is maddening. And then the, the worst thing is actually it intercepts my text messages and won't display them on screen, but it marks them as read on my phone. So then somebody texts me while I'm driving around. I try to view it. It won't, or I say play it, and it says can't play it. I'm like, great, screw you, ignore um, but it marks it as red at that point. And so then the notification's gone on my screen. So I've had clients text me and I don't get back to them um, because my truck ate the text message basically. So um, all that to say, it was time for a change. So I have made a decision. I know what it is. I did a lot of research. Um, I drove a bunch of vehicles. And in the end, I selected something that I'm not going to um, unveil just yet. So I have selected it. I've actually put a deposit on it um, because it's held on the lot. I'm just not ready to trade in the truck yet. But they said, hey, if, as long as you can get to it this month, put this deposit down. We're going to hold on to it for you. Great. Cool. So I put the deposit down. Um, it's through a dealer that I really trust. I've worked with them before as well. And my wife has bought a couple of cars from them over the years. So um, we know them pretty well. We actually know the owner of the lot. So it's a, there's a lot of trust built up there. Um, so I was pretty happy with the deal that I got. Um, but uh, I've still got to, we've got to move some furniture from my wife's parents' house up to here. We're going to try and do that this weekend. Um, and then after that, it should be fair game. So um, maybe by the time we, uh, we reconnect on Monday, I'll be able to tell you what it is. But for right now, I'm going to hold off. So... Um, how's that for a little teaser? 
Um, what else has been going on? You know, the off-season process has been a little bit of a struggle. Transitioning into this growth phase has been really hard. Just mentally, it's tough, which is why we're going to have a discussion about positivity here soon. Um, just because that's one area where I've kind of been struggling on, and it helps reinforce just how important it really is. Um, it just so much revolves around that. I've been doing okay on the food. Like, I've been hitting my macros. The problem is I haven't been stopping at that point. There's been a lot of, like, you know, snacking and stuff on top of that, and I've just convinced myself, like, eh, hey, well, you know, I shouldn't do that, but, eh, fuck it. Why not? So um, there's been a lot of that, and uh, mindset plays into it a lot. I'm just trying to find a little bit of balance after the uh, after the cut plays into that as well. Um, so I'm experimenting with some different meal strategies to try and help feel a little bit more full. Um, like today, um, you know, my, my carb allowance is 180. Um, I'm about to, as soon as I finish recording this, go have about 120 of those in one sitting um, <laughs> via some protein pancakes just because I found, man, that really fills me up. And it gives me several hours of then not thinking about food, which is a really welcome change. So, um I'm experimenting with some things like that. Workouts have been okay. Um, I started a new split from Coach this week. I'm still working with her. Um, she's still awesome, super supportive, um, and really kind of helping keep my, ed- my head out of my ass to some extent as well. Like, I'd be in a really bad spot right now if it weren't for her. So I give her a lot of credit for that. Um, the new split from her that I started on Monday uh, going really well. So I started off with back on Monday, um, hit shoulders on uh, Tuesday, had a cheat meal Tuesday night, hit some arms on Wednesday and really made use of that. Um, taking Thursday off and then uh, hitting legs uh, Friday. So... Um, the workout so far have been really good. I was struggling a little bit with legs last week. Um, one of the movements just really disagreed with my body mechanics and rather than just do the obvious thing and make a substitution, I decided to be a little baby about it and let it get into my head and I got pissed off about it. And then the whole workout just kind of went downhill from there. So hoping to really turn things around because I can't really afford it. You know, I'm, I'm hitting legs once a week. I can't afford for it to be anything other than a great workout. So I've got to get my head out of my own ass there. Um, and again, that's why we're having this conversation about positivity. So, um, let's Let's get to it. Let's take a quick little break here, um, and then we will come back and have that conversation and see where it takes us. Follow Darren on Instagram at Darren underscore star to see client profiles, updated workout plans, and tips and tricks on training and nutrition. All right, so I wanted to have at least a, uh, a little discussion here on uh, positivity just in general. And uh, this is something that is, it's a lot easier to have a discussion on it when I personally am really in the zone and really dialed in and um, can really come to you as kind of a motivational speaker who's just amped up on crack cocaine on a stage with a microphone pacing all over the place and making you think like, man, I want whatever that guy is on because this, and so that's not what this is going to be because I am not right now, as I kind of alluded to before, I'm not in the greatest spot right now with everything that I'm doing. Um, you know, now certainly some things are going really well. Like I will say candidly, like business stuff is flying right now. Things are going really well on that front. Um, 
Personal life is great. Home life is great. I have no issues there. Food life, I mean, I tell you, I'm eating a lot of really tasty food right now. Physique-wise, boy, I have a hard time looking at myself right now and thinking like, yeah, I'm on the right track. I got this. I'm nailing this. It just doesn't feel that way at all. I could say it. I would totally be lying right now if that were the case. So, um, I'm trying to remain positive. It's difficult, Um, not impossible. And I'd say overall, I'm doing it. It's just taking a lot more effort to do it. So um, the, the importance of positivity, first of all, and I tell people this a lot, like you don't see a lot of successful bodybuilders who have negative attitudes. It's not to say that the two of them can't coexist, but it really increases the degree of difficulty substantially. Like you can't get your body to go to a really great place where it's never been before if you're carrying around a lot of negative baggage and have a bad attitude about things. It's just, you know, the two things, again, they're not mutually exclusive, but they are almost mutually exclusive. I mean, it's just not something that really goes together. You want to get your body to do some really, really amazing things. Um, you've got to have all your ducks in a row. And having your your mindset dialed in right is one of the biggest lead ducks in that pack. <laughs> so it's something that's really, really got to be there. Which is not to say it's got to be there all the time. But most of the I mean, you can have bad days. Yeah, you can have bad weeks. You can have a bad month. Hell, you could probably have a bad year. Big picture, if you zoom out and you, you stick with it through that, you can still get yourself to, to where you want to go and where you envision that you want to be. Um, but you've, you've got to just be realistic about it and maintain um, some semblance of focus and self-kindness. And that's kind of what positivity comes down to. It's about being nice to yourself. Whenever I find myself going to a negative space about where my physique is, um, I realize that I'm really just being a dick to myself. That's all it comes down to. Um, And I say that not completely detached and removed from that. Like I was checking myself out this morning. I'm like, you look like shit, dude. Yeah, you're a fat ass. <laughs> and you know, there's there's some body dysmorphia that goes into that. But also, you know, genuinely, I look at myself in the mirror and in the gym, wherever it is, and I'm like, I just see a small dude. Um, you know, it's, it's not not you know, when I close my eyes and envision where I want to be, and then I open them, that's not what I see. And so I, I let that kind of become a negative thing. So you've got to get yourself out of that space and realize. The second that you close your eyes and you envision exactly what you want to see, what, what, where you want your physique to be, and you open them and that's what you see, you're done. You've won. Game over. Great. Here's the ending. Great. Now you can play again on God mode if you want to. But that's just not how it works. That's not what reality is. You're always going to be chasing something that realistically, because you're, you're aesthetic ideals in your head are always evolving, you're never going to catch it. It's the carrot that's always dangling out in front of you, and you've got to embrace the chase as part of that. So um, you'll, you'll probably never be satisfied, and that's okay. And I think that's where a lot of people struggle with this. But you know, you want to continue to see progress moving in the right direction. And so when you feel like you're backsliding a little bit, due to usually due to your own actions, I know that that's the case for me right now. I have nobody to blame for this but myself. Um, but uh, you know, it, it's, it's you're gonna your your mindset can certainly take a hit. So be realistic about it. Don't blame anyone but yourself because likely you're the only one that is to blame. Um, don't blame your coach, especially if that's me. 
because <laughs> because no, just no, don't go there. Uh, if I'm a, if I make a mistake, I'll own up to it. It, it happens sometimes, but it's eh, you know on the on the coaching front, it's hard to make a mistake. It, it is. Um, well, maybe it's not too hard, but you know it, it, it's easy to do things that are maybe not perfect, but it's hard to make a mistake. That that's a better clarification there. So um, own it. You know, I mean, it, it, you know, you've got to be realistic about yourself, be honest with yourself, um, but uh, you know, not uh, be honest, but not uh, don't don't partake necessarily in radical honesty. Um, if you're familiar with that philosophy, that's the philosophy that says whatever enters into your head, you say it. So if you're, uh, you know, a person partaking in radical honesty might go up to a guy at a party and say, "Hey, you know what, buddy? I really want to fuck your wife." No, I mean. Radical honesty is a great way to always get punched in the face. So you can't necessarily be radically honest with yourself and just let loose fly anything out of your head that comes into it um, because a lot of those first reactions that you have, they need to be filtered. Um, and, And that's oftentimes what a lot of us do is we do practice that radical honesty, but on a subconscious level. So we see all of those things that elicit that negative initial reaction. And then we let that become where the conversation stops. You know, we never then go back and retroactively try to apply that filter and say, okay, well, yeah, your gut is pooching out a little bit, but you did just have a cheat meal. You know, your diet's been off a little bit. You had a couple drinks the other day. You've been slacking on your cardio. You know, there's always cause and effect for this stuff. But instead, you might just say, I'm fat. Okay, so fuck it. I'm just going to get fatter. And, you know, how, how does that help? That doesn't help anybody. <laughs> so, you know. That, that radical honesty where you just go with your gut reaction and uh, you don't then delve deeper into that. You don't apply some filters after the fact. That's a bad place to be. So you've got to be positive. One other thing is, you know, be positive when it matters. This is the thing. So when does it matter? Well, it always matters to some extent because if you just carry yourself with a more positive energy, um, you you will you know you will attract more of that to yourself. I know that's kind of a cliched thing to think, and it's a little bit of new age thinking, but I'm a believer in that because when you uh, you know you, we we draw to ourselves that which we put out into the universe. I I do believe that absolutely, um, and so when you are just not necessarily faking it, but when you just come around to a more positive outlook and understanding on things and you, you tend to see things from a more positive perspective, um, just kind of by default, which takes practice at first, but then you just start, um, that by default, uh, it, it helps. It really does. And there's a, there's a little bit of a chicken and the egg argument there. Like what comes first? Do you fake it? And then it comes to you. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you might have to at first a little bit, but also you can dwell on the things that are genuinely positive because regardless of how shit your life is right now, there are some things that are good on it. And so what I would ask you to do is hyper-focus on those things and treat those things with outsized importance because the more time you spend thinking about those things, the better off you'll be which is one of the reasons why on my check-in form that all of my clients submit every week, there's a question on there that says, tell me something positive that's happened in the last seven days. And the idea behind that is it is supposed to force you to pause and reflect on something um, and think about the good stuff in your life. Um, and so people will often say, well, the scale went down. I'm like, I don't give a shit about that. Let's dig deeper than that. Something else, something, something with more meaning to it than that. 
um, because I want I, I want you to really really think about it, and you may have to eventually choose from a few different things, which is great. You've thought of several different things um, that can that are there are positive um, uh, events, positive factors, positive influences in your overall thinking and in your life, which is fantastic. So it always matters, but. Be positive when it matters most. So when does it matter the most? Well, um, I would argue because you know I take the 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 approach with bodybuilding that um, training uh, rules everything. If your training intensity is great, you can overcome a lot of things. And if it's not great, you will always be underwhelmed by your progress. So it all starts with training. And so if you're in a bad mood, distracted, negative, or otherwise just not in a good place, when you're in the gym for training time, that's when we're going to have the biggest problem. So what I have been doing, and, and I tell you, I mean, you know me at this point, you listen to this, you know my pet peeves, you know my OCD, the CrossFitters in the gym, the crappy music, the guys with the sleeveless hoodies, uh, whatever it is. <laughs> There's so many things. I walk into the gym and I'm like, I could count to 20 right here and pick out you know, things that are just pissing me off. And what I've got to do when I walk into the gym is just check myself and say, no, you know what? I'm actually going to pretend I'm a horse with the blinders on. I'm focused on me. And so I will do this where, you know, sometimes I will spend a little time in the locker room and I will sit on the bench and I will just close my eyes and get my headphones on, play some music and just sit there and think for a second or try not to think for a second and clear my head. So whatever um, was in my inbox that I cleaned out before I came to the gym, whatever stuff I've got to do later in the day, um, however I'm feeling, if it's not like a serious physical ailment or something like that, that's going to impact my training, all that stuff melts away. It's got to go away completely. And so I try to make sure that that happens before my lift starts. Um, am I always successful with that? No, I am not. I would like to say that I am, but I am not. It is a skill and you've got to get better at it. And the way you get better at it is to practice it and evaluate how successful you are with it and then try harder next time. Um, I had a, a situation I was telling one of my clients during check-in this last week where um, you know, I, was, I, I did that, but it, it didn't take, it didn't hold. And so I was getting onto my first exercise and uh, I did my warm-up set and I just found myself just completely distracted and just not in a good place. And so after my warm-up set, I was doing tricep press downs. And so I had the bar in my hands. And after my warm-up set, I realized immediately, I'm like, that was a waste of time. And I don't want the next hour to be a waste of time. Because if I'm going to waste it, I will just go home and do something that is actually productive rather than be here. But I've made the trip here. I'm here. I'm ready to go. I'm warmed up. So what the hell is my problem? Let's get out of my head here. And uh, so I, I just had that session where I was just breathing. I was holding on to that press down bar. I had my eyes closed and I was just breathing. People probably thought I was weird. Somebody might have been coming up and asking me if I was using the other side of the cable stack. I didn't see him or her because I was in the zone. Eyes closed, breathing, just thinking about how am I going to make this next hour as productive as possible? Because this counts. This is the time of day that counts. Of all the hours in the day, this is the one where I need to most deliberately apply a positive focus and mindset. Um, you know, if I, if I then regress back to the mean a little bit afterwards, I drive home, some asshole cuts me off in traffic, I'm pissed at him, okay, great. I come home, I start doing client work. Uh, you know, I can't take it out on any clients for sure, but I also don't have to be 
as completely focused and in the zone in order to be successful um, trying to, to, you know, guide a client through a, a difficult time. And oftentimes, you know, when I'm, when I, I can, I can start doing a round of client check-ins and I, I just kind of be pissed and like, Bleh, and then I start talking like I do here and it kind of comes around and it impacts me as well in the same way that I'm trying to impact the, whoever it is that I'm talking to. So, um, I feel like this entire segment on positivity has been kind of a self therapy session. You know, like I'm trying to convince myself, like, yeah, you know what to do, dumbass. So just get your head out of your butt and go do it. Um, which you know, it's a great pep talk to uh, give myself before I go and hit legs. So that's kind of what I need to do. But um, anyway, the the important thing to take home here is positivity is critical. It is a skill. You've got to practice it. It always counts, but there are times when it counts more. So if you can take that and run with it and apply that to your daily routine and you know just put yourself in a more positive headspace, allow, the, allow yourself some time where you don't have this crap floating around in your head, where you just let yourself kind of breathe and try not to think for a little bit, and it, it will help. It will help. The other thing um, is you, know, you can't be stressed all the time. So if you've got these external stress factors, you've got to tackle them head on, you know, put them all in a list, um, itemize it, prioritize it, and tackle them. You know, make the phone calls, pay the bills that are over overdue, answer the emails that you've been putting off, have the meeting with somebody that you've been putting off, whatever it is. Um, all the stuff that's hanging over your head, like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. Do it. Just do it. Stop putting it off and do it. I have two things on my list right now that, uh, that I need to do. I need to respond to an estimate from a landscaper that I've been putting off. Um, and I've got a bill on my desk that I need to pay. And it's one of those things where it's like, eh, I don't know the best way to go about doing this. Like what's the best way. So you know what, as soon as I hit this hit stop on this record button and I start rendering this podcast episode, I'm going to knock both of those things out and then my desk will be clear. I'll have nothing else on it and nothing gives me more satisfaction than an empty desk that is devoid of shit I've got to do and take care of. So there you go. All right. All right. That wraps up the talk on positive positivity. And that also wraps up episode 96. So I send you all off into the weekend. Thank you for joining me back here after my long week off. And uh, we'll be back on Monday with 97. And in the meantime, everybody have a great weekend. Um, if you have great weather, enjoy it and screw you. And if you are going to be stuck in the cold or in the storms or whatever, or it's raining or whatever, uh, I'm right there with you. So yeah, let's uh, just enjoy the suck together, but nonetheless, have a great weekend. <laughs>